look, we all know what's happening and, and college based softball has become much more of a competitive environment. Programs are ramping up early, getting kids into early classes, as you know, things like that and uh, different things are happening. So for us, I feel like we still have to give a good part of the summer time to some sort of rest period and, and, and relax period to get your mind and body ready for that college season coming up because it's already a, a mental drain anyway from the fall to the spring. And then you add on another 20 something games in the summer, you know, it, it's a grind. So we, we want to make sure that before they go back to their college program, that they have some, some rest. So they can expect to come in and really early in the summer season as they're in shape, leave it a halfway through, play a bunch of softball games, meet a lot of new friends and, and a lot of new coaches and, and just have a good time. That's what you can expect. So I'm excited today to be joined by Ryan Moore. Ryan is a former college and minor league baseball player himself. Um, he is now the CEO of UMR Sports, which we'll probably talk a little bit about that in your new multi-sport complex in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. He's the owner and president of the Florida Vibe professional softball team the founder of the Florida Gulf Coast League, which is baseball and softball, and then the founder and CEO of the American Collegiate League, which we will dive into quite a bit with the FGCL, the Music City Collegiate League, the Heartland Collegiate League, and the newly announced new Golden Bay Collegiate League. Ryan, <laughs> welcome to the Car Ride Home. Hey, Jamie, thanks for having me. An honor and humble to be on the car ride home with Jamie. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's important if we're in a car, it's important to to set the stage for our car ride home. So <laughs> first off, Ryan, what, what kind of music are we listening to in the car ride? Oh, I'm a George Strait fan. We're listening to George Strait country all day long. I, I can live that. I spent a lot of time with my dad had the, the old school CDs, like greatest hits of George. Yeah, the king, the king of country. Well, next most important is where are we eating on the car ride home? Ooh, well, lately we've had a lot of long days down here in the FGCL. So it's right now it's been the king of the drive through stuff. Uh, Chick-fil-A, probably we're going to stop. And then going back, whether it's uh, being a, a player yourself or, or being a dad to, to baseball players, when I ask you, your most memorable car ride home. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask what's the most memorable car ride home for you? I have so many, um, you know, golly, my mom and dad took me everywhere as a kid, you know, and from being a bat boy at the local junior college to practices every day. And, you know, my family was the greatest value and asset that I had growing up. I had a lot of car ride homes with mom and dad and aunts and uncles and 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 everybody. So I don't know if there was one memorable. Then of course when my sons played, you know, travel ball, you know, through Atlanta and Fort Myers, had a lot of long drive homes from those. And those were amazing car rides too, from being a dad to a player myself. But uh yeah, you know, some of those car ride homes, you know, after you got done pitching, either really good were really awesome conversations. But if you really pitched really bad because I was a pitcher, um those car ride homes were just awful. So those are the memories. <laughs> well, that's why I feel like um, it's so fun to kind of set that stage because I think there's so many conversations and there's so many moments that happen, whether you're a coach, whether you're a parent, whether you're the athlete, we can all relate to, to being in those moments and how we felt, whether it was after a win, after a loss, after a tough practice, yeah, or maybe right. really good practice. Like it all, there's always something. That's where the real conversation takes place in the car. Absolutely. Well, when I introed you, I, I think I said collegiate league like nine times, which uh, 
that is, you know, that's a big reason um, why I want to do this interview now, because you're right in the middle of, of the collegiate summer leagues. But yeah. before we get into that, Ryan, I, I would love for you to give a little background for maybe people who haven't met you. I, I do think the collegiate leagues are becoming, you know, people know a lot in the softball world now. They've heard FGCL. Um, but go back to, to your days and just give us a, a little bit of background of, of who you are and your route to get here today. Long journey. I'm, I'm old now, so it's a long journey, but uh, notice the gray hairs. But uh, no, we uh, I, I played baseball when I was a child, um, actually grew up on a farm. In fact, I know you want to talk about UMR sports. So um, my family moved here from Ohio before I was born, obviously. And then we I was raised on a cattle farm. We actually milk cows. Um, and had a had a beef and dairy uh, operation. We grew own crops, did our own, you know, everything out here. We had a, a bunch of acres out here where UMR actually stands today. And so I got my uh, my my training in farming, and then um, I knew enough about farming that I didn't want to do it later in life. Uh, no, and then um, I fell in love with baseball to get out of work. Actually, <laughs> so I became a really good baseball player. Dad, sorry, I can't work Saturday morning. I can't milk cows. I got to go baseball practice. Um, so I got my start doing that and then uh, obviously played at high school and, you know, played multiple sports in high school, um, got my first opportunity to play collegiately at Manatee Community College, which is now called State College of Florida. Um, but, you know, pitched there for a couple of years, um, went to the College World Series. One of my best memories was in 91, beating Glendale of Arizona in the semifinal uh, national championship game and and Grand Junction, Colorado, which was, you know, really awesome experience. Even back in 1991, there were still five, 6,000 fans in the stands watching the game. That was in the whole town shutdown for the College World Series, as you guys know, and softball does at Oklahoma as well. And just was an amazing memory for me. And then I got, I was able to go to University of Central Florida and play there for a couple of years. And of course, go to the Montreal uh, program there and, and Florida State League in West Palm Beach. But after that, just kind of, you know, did what every person does, I think, you know, just, you know, just live the American dream. You know, the real life hits you hard in the face and it's time to pay bills. And um, I started doing insurance. I got my first uh, gig, you know, doing insurance and became an insurance agency owner. And I just, you know, since 1998 owned an insurance agency until I sold it a couple of years ago to do this full time. And so, you know, I had two boys along the way. You know, I've been married for 27 years. Um, my wife was a tennis uh, pro, a tennis pro from Sanford University. And so athletics is in our blood and where two kids played. Uh, my youngest, my oldest just got done playing pro ball for the Rockies. Ironic story there is that when he got picked up by the Rockies organization, his first stint was in Grand Junction, the same field that I pitched on in the College World Series. So that was a really a God thing. That was an amazing, um, you know, thing for my life and his life too. So my youngest son was a tennis player, take after my wife. So he went to Florida state and, uh, you know, so it's been a, it's, you know, we've been, you know, athletics and of course the UMR sports is now born and, you know, the, the FGCL and the MCCL and these, the American collegiate kind of falls underneath the same type of, of concept that we have here at UMR a little bit. So, you know, I know we're going to talk about that today, but that's kind of the quick background on me. You know, I, I've, I, as you know, Jamie, um, you're a big reason why I'm I'm kind of at this point in the softball world, just because at the time in 2017, when the Florida Gulf Coast League was born for baseball, um, I was just a baseball guy. And then and then along comes FTCL softball in 2020 and COVID happens and what a nightmare that was. But that's how I met you. Um, you were the big reason why the FTCL exists today because of that call, phone call to get us over to Vera Space Coast, as you know, to to play the, you know, at that time, there was only us in the pride. I think us, we were the only thing going on in summer ball that that year, um, you know, from a softball standpoint. So that was great. And, of course, here we are four years later. So 
that's kind of the background. That's that's a good, really good segue there to to get us. I, a lot of people, you know, I think there's even movies about summer collegiate leagues. And I remember in um, in College Station in the summer when I was done, there was a, a TCL Texas Collegiate League for baseball. And so I think a lot of people have always seen that that baseball had the Cape Cod League. The there's all these leagues. What made you first? I know you you played. Um, but when you started the FGCL for baseball in 2017, what did that look like? And what, what got you into collegiate leagues originally? You know, this is where baseball and softball are completely different. And even still today it is, it's really an education factor because really at the day, you know, for a hundred years, college summer baseball has been on the map, whether it's Cape Cod or the Valley league or, you know, the Appy league or us or whatever, there's always been a buku of college summer leagues. In fact, most college guys today, if, you know, their coaches require them to go to summer leagues. And it was like that when I played back in the you know early 90s. And in fact, when my son went to college, he was required by his coaches to go play summer ball. So it was really part of your job, you know, to go play summer collegiate baseball after a 50 game grind. You still had to go do it again. You know, and for us, it was, uh, you know, from a softball standpoint, um, we just wanted to we had had so much success with our college stuff, our baseball stuff that I was like, wait a second, you know, let's. You know, it's actually my wife's idea. We were at a college, junior college, our baseball game with with my son who played here at the local college as well. And, um, you know, the softball girls came up to the bleachers and she just happened to be like, hey, do you think there's like anything like this for girls? And I said, I have no idea. And I literally went home and Googled and I said, "Okay, honey, we're starting this thing tomorrow. That's kind of how this thing happened. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it because in my world. I don't have any girls. So for my world, from the baseball perspective, I could not figure out why softball was so behind in the college summer system like baseball has been doing it for years. And, and Jamie, you know this as well as anybody. It is an exact science. If you have players that don't have the opportunity to get extra reps or extra innings or red shirt or whatever, doesn't matter, or even just the everyday grinders, if you just love the game that much. You know, you're going to get better. You're going to go to summer ball in a very less stressful situation. You know, you're not competing for an SEC title, um, but you're more relaxed and you're learning new things and you can work on different things, you know, that maybe the coach, you know, told you to work on. You know, you can work on the offseason and fine tune that. And then when you go back to your college programs, I mean, you're seeing the results. I mean, I I know we we talk about it all the time, you know, but you know, the last four, the last three years, because it's our fourth year in the FTCL, we're seeing, you know, players make impacts in regionals and and at the World Series. I think between Oklahoma and Florida State alone this past year, we had 12 current roster players from the FTCL that played here at some point in time in the summer. So don't tell me it doesn't affect championships because it does. Actually, in my days, I remember a couple of leagues that that did try to start and didn't necessarily last past one, maybe two summers. And I think there's a, a business model component to it for the sustainability. I know you guys came in. It was like the perfect storm, right? It was 2020. Everything had shut down. These players in college had only played for a, a few games and a lot of them needed reps. But it wasn't a fluke. We're here in 2023 and you guys keep growing. What do you think is the biggest difference that, that helps you guys sustain every year with your model? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, how do you beat Florida, right? How do you beat the Florida Gulf Coast beaches? So that's one of the big factors. And location is key, you know, I think to a lot of, of where we're at at the infancy of college summer softball. I think location is key. Um, but honestly, Jamie, the biggest component is the focus on the girls. That if you... If you can put like, yes, there is a business model to it. There is a business component to it, of course. If it if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But 
at the end of the day, you work really, 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 really hard and making it about the girls and their experience. If you can focus that attitude and that financial part on the girls, you will find that the reward is pretty uh, continuing. It's nice. It's and they come back in the referral systems. And but you got to You got to keep the focus that way. If you don't, you're going to you're not going to win. What does that experience look like, Ryan? Can you, for for somebody that maybe has a daughter in high school right now and they didn't even know that that she could go play in the summer, what does that look like from the athlete's perspective? When does she report? What do her weeks look like? Does she get some downtime? Like, what is what does all that look like? Yeah, for us, you know, it's really important because it is a collegiate league system that we started as about as fast as we can after the spring season. So after the College World Series, as you know, we get going right away. I mean, it's like two days later we're playing. And that is because there's not a ramp up time from physicality standpoint. They're already in shape, ready to go. And then we we shut everything off by the 15th of July. We do that because we want the, the players to have some rest downtime, too. Now, don't be wrong. They're going to play a 22 to 25 game schedule. And, you know, in a four, four and a half week span. So it's a lot of softball, but um, it gives it does give the players an opportunity to go home, relax, go have a vacation. Look, we all know what's happening and, and college best softball has become much more of a competitive environment. Programs are ramping up early, getting kids into early classes, as you know, things like that and uh, different things are happening. So for us, I feel like we still have to give a good part of the summer time to some sort of rest period and, and and relax period to get your mind and body ready for that college season coming up because it's already a, a mental drain anyway from the fall to the spring and then you add on another 20 something games in the summer you know it, it's a grind so we, we want to make sure that before they go back to their college program that they have some some rest so they can expect to come in and really early in the summer season as they're in shape leave it halfway through play a bunch of softball games meet a lot of new friends and and a lot of new coaches and, and just have a good time. That's what you could expect. That's cool. I think back when I, when I was a freshman at AM, I, I didn't start. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't get a ton of live reps. So I think about, man, not only would it have been cool to go down and get some live reps because you can't replicate that. It's not like basketball, right? Where you just go put up a bunch of shots. Or oh, and then the other thing too is uh summer programs. And, and I don't know if a lot of people realize that, for these college softball players, when they report back in August or September, a lot of times you have conditioning tests, you have different things that you're measuring to make sure that you're working in the summer. And I can think back to doing like, I would go back to my small town that didn't really have any gyms or you're like doing hang cleans or stuff. And people are just staring at you like, what the heck is this girl doing? <laughs> so I have to imagine that players inside these collegiate leagues, they're getting together, they're working out, not only are they getting game reps, but do you ever see them like doing some of their summer programs and workouts and things together too? Oh, a thousand percent. In fact, part of the, uh, part of the benefits or part of the things that we give the girls while they're here is a fitness and workout uh, gymnasium or center to where it's part of their deal. So we, we know that some of the girls come in with some workout programs from their trainers already, their programs. And so we want them to continue that. So we have make sure that we have a fitness uh, facility in place for them to to work out and and be able to keep lifting and keep, uh, you know, keep on doing the things that are going to maintain their athleticism. And, you know, that yes, game reps is important. And that's real time. You can't beat that with a stick. That's the real thing. 
but it's the off days. It's the downtime. What are you doing? I mean, there's, we also provide indoor, we have cages, we have indoor facilities at all these locations that we are in. It's also part of the routine. So you're just not coming here to play games. You're coming here to train, develop, maintain, get better. And you can only do that on the tee. You can only really do that and soft toss. You can only really do that when no one's looking, if you know what I'm saying. That's when you define what kind of athlete and character you're going to be is what you're doing the other at-bats? What are you doing the other time when you're not on the field getting that game ready? What are you doing behind the scenes that's going to make you different? And that's what you see separate athletes from athletes is that extra stuff that they're putting in. And we get the ability to see that on an everyday basis at all of our collegiate leagues because that's also part of the model. I don't believe you can provide a summer collegiate model without some sort of fitness or workout um, opportunity or extra training. It, it just, that's not what see college summer softball and baseball for that matter is about developing. And if you don't have those tools available for the players, you're wasting your time. I think this is a good time to tell you about pocket radar and our partnership for Alliance members. Pocket radar is the official radar technology partner of the Alliance fast pitch. Pocket radars technology is currently utilized by coaches at the highest levels of softball and by parents and players training in their backyards. They provide software and hardware solutions tailored for player development and recruiting. Pocket Radar's new app platform is a powerful tool for athletes looking to improve their game and have their metrics be seen by coaches across the country. We use Pocket Radar in all of our Stars of Tomorrow combines. And you know what's even better? Alliance coaches and families can get up to $150 off Pocket Radar smart coach and training bundle on our various buy days that we do with Pocket Radar. And every Alliance coach is eligible for that annual discount throughout the year. Learn more about our partnership with Pocket Radar and how you can receive an Alliance member discount by visiting our website, theallianceFastPitch.com and clicking on Pocket Radar under the Partners tab. I think that's a great point of just that continued development. Now they have so many things besides weight rooms, technology, and just some of the different stuff. And maintaining that is really important. I think providing an environment for that is so important. I, I just went down recently, uh, got to throw out a first pitch, which was a strike. I want everybody yes. to know. I mean, yes. I threw it from Almost 70 feet. miles an hour. It's like 69.1 or something. It's crazy. From about 10 feet away, you know. Yeah, but right. Equivalent to 70. Well, nobody knows that, but you and I, we're good. Ryan, what I noticed is um, you have athletes from all over, whether it is some local players that they could stay home and play, whether I know um, one of the players that, that I know that played in the Alliance, she's from the, the Seattle Washington state area. You've got Juco players, division two players, division one, you have power fives. You had a couple of players that just finished up in the, in the women's college world series. Can you talk about from your conversations with these athletes and your conversations with college coaches, why are players coming? What are the different reasons of why these softball players are coming to the summer collegiate leagues to play? I think the game is expanding so fast and it and the demand is growing fast. If you look at what's happening in college softball at the national level in general, um, even if you go down to the NAI levels or even JUCO, you're seeing a much more serious attack from programs that want to compete now. And I think that's it. College coaches are starting to understand and buy into what baseball has always known. And that is if we can take our players, let's say, you know, don't be wrong. We've had all the stars here. Haley Lee, Riley Boone, Alex Duraco. They've all been here. But my point is, is that a 90 percent of them are not, you know, they're players that are going to make a difference next year or the year after. And that's the key. The key is when you don't get the real time game stuff that you need 
you know, in a program like FSU or Oklahoma, where are you going to go get it? You can only, you can't. So the college coaches have really, uh, and my, have been so supportive. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how awesome the college coaching, you know, from Dot Richardson to, to, you know, Lonnie Almeida, to Patty Gasso, to everybody. They've been great. Um, Kenny Jasky is another big advocate of this stuff. So, you know, these are programs are that are championship programs for a reason. And so my opinion is, is that, you know, they, they're starting to buy in. They're starting to understand that that player that didn't get the, the numbers they needed come here or one of our collegiate leagues, get those numbers now. And it's all about confidence, right? It's all about, it's all about that aspect too. And then you go back and you're competing for a job. And I think that's, what's pushing the envelope. I think you're going back, you look at Riley Boone and you look at Mac Leonard and you look at, Hey, these girls are pushing the envelope, take people's jobs. And they did. Some of them did Michaela Edenfield. So I'm just saying these are, these are just real stuff. So I think that's that, I think just the competitiveness of where we're at in the game right now has allowed us to, really explore these new options. And that's just an exciting part of where college softball is right now. It's really amazing. Well, and another huge part of college softball and love it or hate it, right, is the transfer portal. It's real. It's a thing. Um, I think I was even listening on the broadcast of Athletes Go Live and several of the players are in the the transfer portal. What are you guys through a collegiate league? What are you doing to to help? I've seen some college coaches there. I think you guys just ran a, um, a transfer portal combine. I know all of your games are streamed. What what are all the things that you're doing to help these athletes who might be in the transfer portal just looking for a, another opportunity in, in recruiting? Well, again, it goes back to if you're a college coach and you need to plug in some spots, all right? If you've got some holes to fill, where are you going to go and get the real-time person that's doing that today? If I'm a college coach, okay, I'm just saying I'm probably going to give a little bit more definition and value to the to the player who's getting it done now who spent invested their time in the summertime to go get better. And that's playing now because your memory is in high school, right? Your memory is all, maybe she had some stats, but I only saw her like, you know, two years ago in high school. So a lot can happen in a year or two from a development standpoint. So we we've tried, like the athletes go live has been a super partner for us, as you know, because the coaches obviously have free accounts into the live stream. They can see all the archive games and it has the video clips and the players themselves have free accounts where they can show video clips to the coaches. And that's huge because the college coaches only have so many staff members that can go around the college, around the country looking for future athletes at their program. And it's, it you know, it's so that video is really super important to college programs to be able to watch a player that's playing in Florida or Nashville or now California or wherever now and why they can be in Colorado recruiting. Right. So I think that's a really big, big benefit that we bring is the AGL type of stuff where, you know, you can watch the game in real time and watch a player live at bats from your phone app or from, you know, the internet and also archived games. That's a biggie. The portal combine is just something else that we do too. Um, we do, unfortunately, you know, Jamie, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be known as a transfer league. I, I really don't. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's a necessary tool. And these players didn't ask for it. So for, for me, it's we we embrace it. You know, we just we embrace it because it's a tool that will absolutely change lives. It will change um, these players lives um, from where they need to go or want to go. And it'll change these college programs to to fill in the gaps to what they what they are missing pieces. So you know, it can be used as a good thing. And, you know, obviously it has its pros and cons just like anything, but Hey, it's a tool. It's, it's has to be done. And so we've embraced it and we've yeah. just tried to kind of help these kids find, 
you know, I'm, you know, the college coaches, they all call, they all text, you know, and it's all, you know, wonderful. But, you know, my biggest response is, hey, get online and watch them. Come down here in person and look at them. That's why we had so many college coaches down here in Florida, you know, and actually right now there's actually a lot of college coaches sitting up in our Nashville league too for a first year league to have some pretty big time D1 programs sitting there when the stands watching players for the first year league in Nashville is pretty, pretty impressive. So I think the college coaches see the value in the portal when it comes to to that player who's playing in the summer. I really do. Yeah, no, it's live reps, right? Getting, getting live reps is is super important to watch these kids. You you mentioned it. This is the, the first season of your music city league in Nashville, another destination location. And as we're talking, we're, what we're about three weeks in um, by the time it's released, we'll be heading into that, that final week. What, uh, what stands out to you? How, how has it gone in the first year? How do you feel about it? Um, and what are you excited about for that league? Oh man, I've been really excited from day one. Um, ever since we made the deal with Clarksville, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville to do the MCCL, um, our partners at Austin P University have just been absolutely fabulous, and it and it's been it's been it's been great ever since. And I think that's where it first started was just the whole community started to embrace the concept. Here in Florida, we're spoiled a little bit with so many different things to pull from, but up there, for example, it's like this was the greatest thing since sliced bread, um, and that's what you love about the growth of the game because now we're seeing community get involved with us with a youth with softball we've seen a lot of youth kids up there we you know obviously the pro teams there playing team canada since when does clarksville actually see an olympic team in canada and do pro team you know so we're we're we've been super excited about the nashville league um you know it's been it's been been awesome and there there there's a league there too it's not quite like the fgcl you know because it's got to start somewhere um you know it's our first year and and we have six teams there and they're all competitive and they're doing great and you talk about JUCO kids and you think talk about NEI players and division two, they're, they're more up there than they are down here. Um, and then that's the other goal of the American collegiate league system, Jamie, is that was to let's nationalize this. You know, we saw an opportunity after COVID um, to say, Hey, look, if the FTCL is going to be successful, why make the FTCL the only league in America that the kid from Washington or the player from California has to travel across the United States to play in the FTCL. Now, don't be wrong. If they want to, they can. But at the end of the day, we saw an opportunity from the American College system, which is the umbrella governance body like MLB is, right? So, you know, we have different regions. The FTCL, the MCCL, now the Golden Bay Collegiate League is a region of the ACL. And our whole goal was to provide a national footprint, a national umbrella to play by the same dates, the same rules, the same. And so the player in Florida can have the same experience in Nashville or, or California, but you know, have the same experience and resources that we that we can offer, but it's just a different location with a different flavor. And so the we've been super thrilled with Nashville and we can't wait to go back. It's been it's been amazing. Um, the, the playing conditions have been superb. The community has been superb. The players have been superb. The umpires have been superb. Honestly, it's it it's been a tremendous first year, you know, up there. And we're really happy about it. And we can't wait to to go back next year to, to there and just continue to grow that area because you're seeing a really an area that's not prevalent with softball, not prevalent with you softball. And so when you talk about the growth of the game, I, I what could be better than that? Go into an area that just is thriving for it. Yeah. We actually, yeah, one of my, my second year in the pro league, we played in Nashville, uh, right at Lipscomb university. And it was a real quick turnaround. We weren't technically supposed to be there. I think we were supposed to be in Knoxville and month before the season, they move us there, but the community showed up and, and you're right. I, th- I think they were craving um, just having that local 
league and support they could come. But I remember the community being being really, really supportive. And I think that's probably an important part of, of your leagues too. It's big yeah. because as you know, we bring our uniforms are wacky and crazy, right? You know, so, so, but it's that minor league baseball style flavor. We're trying to bring in the community culture. So the fans that are on the ground locally can embrace the team and teams, so to speak. And it will show that the community support, that's what it's all about. You know, we, you know, it's supposed to be less serious anyway. So that's why we have the wacky uniforms, you know, but, but at the end of the day, it brings in the community and brings in the culture of the area that we're in. And it just gives them more definition to what we're trying to do. Love it. Well, the, the Golden Bay Collegiate League was just announced in California. Many of us know in the state of California, just the, the dominance, the amount of participation that's there, the amount of talent that's come there. Um, how did how did that all come about? And, and what is what is that going to look like, the Golden Bay Collegiate League? Well, I want to give away too many secrets, but uh, but uh, we're yes, you're right. We just announced that last week. We're super excited about that. Um, we, we know that we're going to be the Irvine, California area, which is in a hotbed of, of softball, as you know. Um, the Alliance has a real strong, you know, presence out there, as you can know, and we're going to work heavily with the Alliance, as you know, for through all this. And, and that's the, the beautiful thing about the relationship between the ACL and you and the Alliance is that we're we're all in this together. Right. We're really trying to be, you know, yes, we're starting more regions, but, you know, there we have other people in control of those regions. So but we're trying to be more, I guess, neutral, I guess you can say, but with some rules. Um, and things like that to make sure the girls have a, a pleasant experience. Um, but the Golden Bay Collegiate League is going to be, I think, very popular because it's by the, obviously it's, you know, right there by the Bay and uh, you know, the, the, the coast out there, as you know, there's lots to do in the South SoCal area. Um, it's beautiful down there. And, you know, so I think from a location standpoint, it makes a ton of sense because even the players here in Florida would like to get, you go to Cal, you know, they'll, they'll love that because of the beaches and, uh, but you're right. There's softball in California could have probably it's, you know, own five or six leagues just because they're so it's like Texas and Florida. It's just so big when it comes to the popularity of the college game and and in the youth. The youth is the main thing. We you know, we want to educate that the youth will have something in their future, not just to play, you know, not just to just go play youth softball tournaments, but then go to college. And, hey, I can play in the summertime, too. And I don't have to travel to, you know, four thousand miles to do it. This would be great. So that's kind of, you know, that's what we'll have the same ex, same dates in Golden Bay that we did here. It'll be June 13th to July 15th. And um, we'll play the same number of games and, you know, we'll have six teams there. Um, we'll bring in the cultural themes. I already got the names picked out for the most part. So um, so we're looking forward to that. And and, you know, we're a year. We always try to plan a year ahead. So this has been in the works for a little bit. Um, it really um, it really kind of took a turn. Um, because, you know, I, uh, we were looking at San Diego at first and then um, and talking to some people that are on the ground over there. It just made more sense maybe to go up to Irvine and and from a facility standpoint. Um, so that's kind of what triggered that. But, you know, I'm really excited about the Golden Bay League because I think it's I it's like the FTCL. I think it has the opportunity to be a limitless type of of opportunity out there in California, um, just really based upon location, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, there's a ton of players that live there. So even the ones that are coming, you could probably fill an entire league just from the the girls that come back come back home. You, sure. you mentioned it, um, and I, I was going to dive into it a little bit, but the partnership with obviously with us with the Alliance Fast Pitch and the American Collegiate League. And to me, when when I saw the announcement of the of the ACL, 
I just thought it was that next evolution of, of exactly what we're doing in with the Alliance. You know, we obviously have the, the youth, the, the 10 youth, the 18 U, and a lot of things that you said were, were really similar about, Hey, keeping consistency, trying to regionalize play and, and keep kids at home, but still putting her at the forefront, putting that athlete at the forefront, giving her a great experience. So I personally am excited about, Hey, there's, we just can keep going. This is the pathway to play. You you start in the Alliance, you're playing in our leagues, you go to college, and then you have a home to continue that development once you get to college in, in one of your collegiate leagues. So that was one of the first things I saw, but what about from your perspective and, and the partnership between ACL and the Alliance? Well, I love it because as you know, I'm one of those, you know, trust and verify people, but um, I, I like the idea and the concept and it was just time, you know, the evolution of where we've been since 2020 just made sense, you know, and I think from your standpoint too, um, you know, for us, Jamie, you know, I'm, I'm really still an outsider looking in. I know I'm in the college space now and I'm in the pro space now and, you know, I've just been kind of sitting back and taking it all in to a certain degree. And and it's interesting to me because I still feel like we're so far behind. And then we like it from a baseball perspective, we're so far behind when it comes to the travel ball stuff and the pro ball stuff. We're so far behind. And and, you know, I feel like, you know, with the alliance, there's an opportunity to bridge a lot of gaps. You have a lot of people gone, gone to their corners protecting turf, right? And I'm just being honest. I mean, that's how it goes. And I feel like the alliance has an opportunity to bridge those 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 gaps um, from the youth standpoint. And you know, obviously, there's not really been a college space, and so here we are defining that. But but let's not let's not go ten years from now and look back and say, oh, I wish we could have bridged the gap ten years ago. Let's start that process now. Why it's new and at its infancy and let it evolve into something better um, for everybody. And, you know, the thing I like most about the concept is that I feel like we should, we could take this to the pro angle too, which is not the case right now, as you know, is like everybody have a seat at the table. Why is it just one body or one person in charge of it? You know, I don't understand that. So, so for me, um, I think that this is a start and um, and we can get there. It's just going to take some time and people with less egos and people who want to sit at the table and actually do smart things versus dumb things. People working together. That was the entire concept of, of the alliance. And hey, we all want to compete on the field, right? But we we want to work together. You you mentioned MLB earlier. That that was always kind of the thought process too. Is those owners they want their teams to win on the field, but they they have to work together. And so that's what. That's what our whole vision is. I'm, I'm excited to work with you guys. And speaking of that, when we first started with the Alliance, the kind of one of the things that brought us all together was our national championship, where there was that that end goal to get to. And then we kind of worked backwards from there of um, that pathway to play to then qualify and reach that national championship with the growth of the American Collegiate League and all of your, your different leagues. I don't want to give too many secrets away, but. What is the vision? How, what is another way? Is there an end, end of year event? Um, what does yeah. that look like for you? So, yeah. So let's just, yeah, let's cut to the chase. So the whole, one of the, one of the main goals of regionalizing the ACL, you know, the FTCL region, the MTCL region, Golden Bay Collegiate League. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of news by the time this thing maybe is broadcasted, the other league would have been announced. I don't know, but on July 4th, will will there'll be another announcement of another league. Um, however, you know, our goal is to have these regionalized leagues to where we can crown a champion in the league itself, let's say by the 14th or 15th of July, and then July 17th or the 20th, let's all meet somewhere 
and have a, a, a college summer world series. That'd be the end game. Um, because man, that would be super spectacular if we could actually get that on TV or something like that. Cause that could change the game for a lot of things, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I think it'd be super cool a month and a half later or so after the college summer world series is over. You, I mean, college world series is over. You, you go, you know, have another one. Um, and that would be really, really cool to see the FTCL champion play the Nashville, you know, the music city champion and the golden Bay champion and whoever champion. I just think that'd be really super cool for the sport. And so that's kind of where we're going with the college stuff is to have the regional regionalized, but have a playoff system where the league champions meet and, 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 and duke it out. Very cool. Well, I got a great idea. Why don't we put it around uh, one of our Alliance championships? There you go. Do it. Do it. I'm ready. <laughs> actually, this won't come out until, until July 7th. So can you, can you share the news about what, what's the big announcement on July 4th? I, I'm hoping he, um, they say that's going to come out on the fourth. It's not. Um, it's it's a regional league. It's not uh, actually something that I'm um, a major part of. But um, obviously, they fall underneath our ACL league. But it'll be in the Carolinas. Can I say that? And um, it'll be a military theme type of league, which I think is a cool niche. And in the in the community, um, all the team names will be named after military theme. And um, it's just going. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, you know, I think it's 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 going to be awesome in that angle, and it's in a beautiful part of the country, and um, it's not going to be as hot as Florida. <laughs> so, so uh, I think uh, I think it'll get some attention. Um, but I like the theme name, and I like the, you know, I like everything that they're doing up there, and um, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. These things are sometimes experiments. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, there's been other leagues that have tried to do this, and it's not easy, and um, they they have failed, and it's not because they didn't try hard. It just, it, it just, it is hard. And, and so my, you know, caution is that anybody getting into it is just, you know, know what you're doing a little bit. So that's where the ACL really plays a role into um, the resources part of it and, and helps leagues like this new one getting ready to happen uh, an ability to stand up right away. Absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. Well, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity because I did get a chance finally to go down and, and watch the the full on operation. Of course, We've talked a lot about those players that are playing on the field, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, not just in the summer. There's obviously a lot of work year round that goes into that. Can you talk a little bit about the people around you that have helped this, this vision come to life? I know your wife played a, a big part in that too, but can you talk a little bit about just the, the different roles, the different people of, of what helps a, a league go? Um. Well, in 2020, it was kind of like all hands on deck. I mean, Leslie Gender, our press secretary, she helped a lot with the media stuff and writing press releases. And then we got to meet people like Tara and you and, you know, from D1 and Extra Innings. And we found out who the major people. So we got the word out that way. So a lot of it's social media driven. But Gray Robertson, as you know, the voice of Alabama softball, Tom Canterbury. Gray's been with us since 2020. And, you know, the live stream and the play-by-play -play is, is really our best marketing um, you know, approach that you can have because the fan experience behind the screen is amazing. And Gray is a, is the big reason for that. And of course, if we've expanded Gray, we've put Gray in charge of the entire broadcast teams throughout the country. And so we know because of that leadership, that quality is going to be there, you know, per league. And so that's important. That's a main driver. Um, Gray has been big, but uh, yeah, this has become pretty much a, that's one of the reasons why I sold my company two years, three years ago. Uh, this has become a full-time job. I mean, 
not just the development of UMR sports complex, but you know, the ACL and there's a bigger plan. I mean, our goal is to hire staff this off season. As you may know, we've, 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 we've partnered up with some super partners and like iSports, as you know, we're going more electronically type of stuff. There's a lot of things that we can do from a technology standpoint that we're evolving into. That's going to make life a lot easier for all these leagues, just not mine, me here, but everybody. And that's, again, the super goal is to try to streamline, but we've got, I'll give you a little bit of news. Um, we're getting ready to hire a, a, a recruiting coordinator. Recruiting coordinator for the ACL will help maintain the communication with college coaches around the country and help recruit players um, and scout. Obviously, you know, I have the pro team and um, I have plans for more pro stuff. And so with that being said, these American, this American Collegiate League system is going to play a vital role, role into the pro aspect of, of what, you know, our vision is, as you know. So I want, you know, we'll have a staff that will help with that scenario. Um, and that's going to, that's, it, there's a lot behind the scenes, but again, um, you know, you got to work with the county officials, you work with, you know, you know, the, the fitness places, you just, you know, you just all about relationships. And, uh, you know, if you have the right partners, they can make your life a lot easier. And so for us, it's, you know, we've, we've, you know, introduced to you guys and iSports and, you know, Suncoast. I mean, there's so many new partners that we've had just in a few short years we've been doing this. That's really starting to make a huge difference from a from a time standpoint. You know, it's making things resources more available where it cuts down on the number, you know, the work hours you do. And so from that angle, we're evolving too. And I believe with the technology, um, it's really going to streamline a lot of things moving into the future as we continue to grow. So um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on, but it just work. <laughs> I want to pause for a minute to tell you about the Alliance Fast Pitch. The Alliance Fast Pitch is a national league system for amateur softball. I like to think of us as the pathway to play and the pathway to develop. If you're a youth softball coach or parent of a youth softball player, we know at the end of the day, you just want what's best for your daughter. But sometimes it's hard to figure out where to go or where to start. We're here to help you with that and to make your job easier. Softball is an important part of your life, but it's only a small part of your life. Think of the Alliance Fast Pitch as your one-stop shop for everything. Build your fall, spring, summer schedule of tournaments inside your region. Compete on a level playing field to earn your national championship berth. Join a community of fellow youth softball coaches, parents, and athletes. Check out our national leaderboards for all ages. Understand where your daughter stacks up compared to her peers inside a region or even nationally. Help your daughter get recognized nationally through our player recognition programs and get access to all of the discounts and benefits of being an annual Alliance member. We brought the best in the industry into one home so we can provide softball families with access to the best resources at a more affordable price. We built the Alliance Fast Pitch on two principles, collaboration and putting the athlete first. Together, we can grow. Together, we can do better for our athletes. Be a part of the fastest growing softball community. We're here to make your life easier and your experience in softball better. Join us today. Join the Alliance Fast Pitch by going to theallianceFastPitch.com and follow us on all of our social media platforms. I understand. And you're somebody like me, too, that's uh, that's very driven and, and passionate and, you know, goes after that vision. Before I, I jump into the the rapid fire questions, I, I do want to say, because for me, I I know for a fact I was the type of athlete that would have wanted to play in the summer. I, I know that I would have needed live reps after my freshman year to, to be ready to come back into my sophomore year to compete for a starting job. I love playing the game of softball. So an opportunity to, to keep playing competitively, I think working out and staying in shape 
over the summer is important. And, and one of my favorite things when, when I was fortunate to play in the pro league is getting to meet the players, sure. the players that you played against, or maybe now it's the players that you know, your peers that you're watching on TV. And I, I'm sure the stories that, that come out of the, the FGCL and, um, and all of the collegiate leagues of just those athletes getting to interact, meet each other. And who knows, probably even a great networking opportunity down the, down the road for these athletes too. So I want to shout out that part of it, uh, of what you guys are doing. I think it's really, really important for our sport. You ready for rapid fire? Yeah. 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 Let's go. Okay. Who is the best player to have played in the collegiate league? And when I say best player, who's had the best season in the collegiate league so far? This year or past? Past. It's going to be really hard to be Riley Boone from Oklahoma. Claire Davidson also is a close second. What did they, anything that stood out with those players when they? Riley Boone's athleticism just is off the charts. Um, and also a super character human being. Um, you know, Mac Leonard in 2020 was off the charts too. She was just raw and just, just developed into something really nice. And uh, she put up some big numbers. Um but Riley Boone, you know, and Claire Davidson, the thing that stands out about Claire is that she did both offensive, you know, she was a pitcher too. And I think that was a little bit harder, especially in the Florida heat. I mean, she would go on the circle and just kill it. And then she'd go out up to bat and kill it again. You know, so um, I don't know. It, those were some monster summer seasons those three put up. What's your favorite story so far that has come out of of playing and i mean an athlete story what's your favorite one so far two years ago when canada came to town and mexico came to town danielle laurie and you know i mean you're talking to you know vic hayward you were talking about some of the superstars down here and for a second year college league player to be able to step in the batter's box against danielle laurie was like you know I don't know. I think about my old days, you know, when we are, when I was at UCF and the Kansas, we got to play the Kansas city Royals, you know, and I think about that. And I'm my, my heart was just filled with joy that year because you're talking about a second year league and these kids are playing against, you know, some of the best names in the world. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, we have arrived at that moment. Like, okay, that is the super pinnacle of the, and then of course to have the Florida Vibe pro team. And now it's like second nature, but, um, but that was probably because I the, the stories that they still say like there's still play there's two players that have been here for all four year season Jamie and that cool. my favorite story and and that probably is my favorite story is one of those two players Leanne Matthews um, who was a Penn State um, player four years ago 2020 came here and she broke her leg like literally in the first week of the season and it was an awful break like two or three places break and I remember I remember being in the hospital overnight with her, spent the night in the hospital with her all night that night. And she was just, you know, really miserable. And it was a COVID year. So, you know, staff, you know, it was weird. And then her mom and dad, I don't know, lived in North Carolina. They got here in about six hours. I don't even know how they drove that fast, but um, did she came, then she came back. She, she had surgery and everything worked out great here. And she came back for year two. And then she came back for year three. And then she came back for year four. And I just, Think about that. Think about that for a second. What she had to get over mentally and physically and, you know, attitude wise. And, you know, that's she could have spent her summers doing anything else, you know, and yet she has a rod in her leg and she's balling out like nobody's business. So that's that's kind of the super stuff, Jamie, that I get to see and, and see and touch. And I, I don't I don't know how you cannot be romantic about that. 
It's cool. I figured there were, there were some stories that would come out. What about, I know um, when I went out, I saw a lot of young coaches too, mm-hmm. that might be getting some experience. Who's a, who's a young coach that, that people should keep an eye on that, that yeah. you've seen in your league? Yeah, Brittany Purser from the Slice. She's at University of um, she no, she's at St. John's right now as assistant coach. She's going to be a big one. Grace Chelleman, who's a brand new one up in our National League from Marshall, she's an up and comer. She's going to be you know Lauren Stewart up there, um, Rachel Ross up there. Those are these are big names. You know, of course, Kyle Gross is a head coach at Hillsdale, and you know we've got you know we've got Erica Beach, who's a, a life veteran here. You know, she comes every year. Um, Morgan Costler, you know, she's been here some, um, there's going to be, um, Laura, uh, um, uh, there, Taylor Gilmore is going to be, I'm just telling you, there's, there's a lot, but, um, you know, I think back to 2020 when Michaela Trancy was here from Mizzou, you know, now she's a head coach of her own program, just not even four years later. And I just, man, how cool is that to be a part of the coaching pathway too? not only the development of, of players, but the development of coaches. And these are names that are going to, you know, and we've had it every year. We've had coaches get pulled and they have to go and then we can't coach again because of the compliance. And, but that's a great thing. Yeah. No, I think it's an important part of the story is that it's also a, a chance for young coaches to come get some some head coach experience too. Yeah, Taylor from, uh, you know, Truett High, or from Hewitt High School in Alabama. Taylor, who coaches a squeeze. I mean, she's won how many Alabama State championships? That's a awesome. ton. You mentioned the squeeze. I know that there's a lot behind all the the team names, but what is your favorite team name oh. in the FGCL and why? You get to pick one. I do. Oh man, why? Um, oh, and the FGCL, I'm, I'm 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 gonna get. You know they're gonna murder me for saying that. You know, you know that you're putting me really on the spot. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to have to go with the Lakewood Ranch Rodeo only because I grew up on a farm and it's that, that where we're playing is used to be all woods. And I used to ride horses and pick blackberries where, the, where the softball fields are. So um, I'm going to say Lake Ranch Rodeo only because I grew up in the country and doing rodeo and cows and horses. And so I'm going to say that's it. I, I applaud you for picking one. And if you haven't, you got to go check out all the, the team names and the, the uniforms are pretty solid. Give me one player to watch, a player this summer that's playing, that's had a really good summer so far that that we as fans or maybe college coaches should should know this name. Oh, man. Um, Olivia DiNardo from Arizona jumps off the map. Um, talented, um, very. Um, Alyssa from Louisville is going to be a player to watch. Sorry, I'm giving you a couple. Mandy Essman, who's who's in the portal from Michigan State. She's going to be a total athlete in the future. If, if, if people aren't on her, they need to. I'm Okay, there you go. I gave you three. That's Olivia Donardo, Alliance All Star. She is a is a stud. Donardo is just a stud. Donardo is gonna she's gonna set all kinds of records. She's um, she's that talented. Yeah, she loves the game too. And Ryan, finally, just and I, you've talked a lot about this. I think throughout throughout our conversation today, but I, I know you've got big plans with the ACSL, ACL with the pro league. Um, what's what's one thing now that you've been in softball for a few years now? What is one thing that you want to see for the future of softball? Well, I think the girls deserve an opportunity to get paid professionally and at a better understanding than we have it now at the pro level. Um, I just wish that the pro people could come together and sit at a table and literally hash it out and have revenue sharing and opportunities and, you know, work it out. You know, I just, it's, it's, it's segmented out. It's just, it's 
crazy, but that's kind of where softball is in the pro ranks right now. So my vision for the future is, hey, let's not be so segmented out. Let's get egos out of the way. Uh, let's sit at a table and and make it good for everybody and not change the rules for one for all. You know, not just be one person or one body, you know, takes takes the reins and deals with it. But everybody should have an opportunity to be welcomed to the professional table. And, you know, I know everybody wishes MLB would get involved in all this other stuff. But, you know, at the end at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to make it make sense for what you're doing. And, you know, and I applaud everybody who's trying their best in the pro angle to to provide that space. But I wish that we could all. I, I wish the people in the pro level, we could all kind of literally like sit down and figure it out and make it work for these girls because they deserve it. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I wish the pro season was more than just two months of the summer. I wish that we could go to like a fall and spring situation, maybe not play 160 games like MLB does, but, you know, at least a 50 game schedule or something along those lines to where, where these girls necessarily didn't have to go coach in college again, you know, for, for a small stipend or do lessons every day. I mean, lessons might be part of everything, but you know what I'm talking about, like literally like bridge the gap between, you know, cause I feel like it's just a part-time job now and that's kind of stinky. <laughs> it's kind of stinky. I'm going to quote you on, on that. Well, I too, I, I hope, um, we all we all came together at, at a certain level, and I'm hoping that that could be the um, maybe the first step for for the sport to come together. Well, Ryan, I appreciate it. Um, it's been a lot of fun to to get to know you, to get to to watch what's going on um, across the country. Now, where can where can we find more information if if we're interested in the the American Collegiate League or, or all of your summer leagues? Right. The American Collegiate League.com is a website that we actually have all the icons. We're actually revamping it a little bit more since the Golden Bay League just got announced. So we'll be adding that to the website. And we're going to do a little bit more information gathering on that website in the offseason because things are changing so rapidly. We also have a phone app, American Collegiate League, um, in your phone app. It's a free download. It has all the stats, the videos, all that stuff's on there, the rosters from all the leagues. You know, we really want to make it simple for the fan to go watch a game or, you know, do that stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, the American Collegiate League.com will, will, you know, have all the information on there. If you press the icon for FGCL, for example, it will take you to that website and you can read all about the FGCL and hit the music, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, we're, you know, we're evolving too. So we're making it a little bit more simpler, you know, as we move on in the future too, but that's where you can go. Of course, all the social media platforms, we're all over Twitter. We're all over, you know, we're all over Instagram. You can, you know, check out, you know, um, FGCL softball, MCCL softball, ACL softball. Check out Vibe Softball while you're at it. The girls are killing it right now at the pro level. So check them out too. Vibe Softball. Thanks for joining us on the on the car ride home. Jamie, really appreciate it. This was an honor. I'm glad that uh, I got chosen for this. This was, uh, you know, four years in the making. I agree. I agree. Well, I figured that the timing was right for us to uh, to have have a car ride in the yeah. middle of uh, in Love the middle you. of your season. Hey guys. We hope you're enjoying the Car Ride Home podcast. Hopefully we're filling the air and making your car ride home a little bit more enjoyable. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, and leave us a review. If you have any special guest or request that you'd like to, to hear or have us bring a guest or a story onto the podcast, shoot us an email, info at the We'd love to hear from you.